0: Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And this is where we take all of your questions. So if you're not already watching on the Facebook page, head on over there and you can leave your questions, thoughts, and everything in the comments section underneath. And as always, we love hearing where everybody is watching from. I know we've probably got a ton of questions now that we've finally gotten to see the rookies in here. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I want to just hear your thoughts of after seeing rookie mini camp and, and actually seeing some guys out there a little bit more football scenario than we had in Phase 1 and Phase 2, what were some of your initial thoughts?
1: Well, the rookie camp, it's really – there's not a lot you can get out of that because you're basically – you have about half the team that's out there is on tryout contracts. There's They're not really – They're trying to absorb some of the playbook, and they're trying to get a look at some of these guys that maybe would be slight upgrades to the roster. And, indeed, they did find four to sign, so, you know, it was a success again. I think much more telling was the beginning of OTAs yesterday, and now you're seeing the rookies and the veterans together, and you're seeing where guys play. You know, there's, it's a new defense. So there's outside linebackers now instead of defensive ends. And all the defensive linemen you, you might call DTs or, or bigger DEs are called DLs. And guys like Levante David are called inside linebackers now. We've always thought of him as an outside linebacker. And, and just seeing where they're playing. And also, even though the Buccaneers went inside to the indoor facility yesterday because they thought it was going to rain, and in fact it did, um, they still did the, the only one field to work with. They still did the plan of breaking practice into two. And you had, like, Jameis Winston and, you know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and all the what you consider the veterans and the first-line guys on one half and then a bunch of really young guys on the other half. And they got in a lot of work. It was a lot to watch, to be honest with yeah. you. But you're kind of starting to get a feel for who fits where.
0: Okay, cool. Um, And speaking of that, uh, Alan wants to know what's going on with the backup quarterback situation. Have we been able to tell much about who's taking what reps there?
1: Yeah, well, again, because they split them into two, everybody's getting a lot more reps. Um, Blaine Gabbert, okay, so there were four quarterbacks, right? Blaine Gabbert joined Jameis Winston on the side with the mostly veteran players, and on the other side you had Ryan Griffin and Nick Fitzgerald. I don't know if that says anything. That was one practice. Perhaps today they'll flip uh, Griffin. (laughs) You lose Fitzpatrick, but you still have Orion, and now you have Fitzgerald. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, I was
0: super impressed you actually got it right that first time. I was like, I feel like we're going to mess that up a lot. Yeah,
1: so you might switch Griffin. I don't know. We'll see today. practice is actually pretty soon from now. Maybe you switch Griffin and Blaine Gabbert, but that first one would seem to indicate that Blaine, and I think because of his experience actually playing in the regular season and playing in this offense before, you know, you connect the dots. He seems like the obvious first choice to be the number two quarterback. Right. Uh, One thing that was interesting is that Nick Fitzgerald, when they first I walked into the building and they, they were doing um, the quarterbacks were doing drills with Clyde Christensen and there were only three of them. I'm like, oh, who's missing? Oh, it's Nick Fitzgerald. I'm like, wonder why he can't be here. They used to have some some schools that were on quarter systems. Right. Couldn't come ba- back this early. But I didn't think Mississippi State was that. And in fact, they changed that rule last year. So it's not even a rule anymore. Uh, the reason he wasn't there is because he was doing special teams. Oh. He was doing pun and I, you know, we're really not supposed to uh, reveal a lot of details about where guys are playing, but he, uh, so I won't say exactly what he was doing. But he was playing, he was practicing with special teams. That's pretty awesome. Which I is like something that. He said he wanted to do.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, all right, Andrew said, what do you think will be the major change on the field coming this year? So of course we know that there's a new coaching staff. So I don't think he just means what has changed, yeah. but just what what will be the biggest changes when you go to a game and and watch what this program Yeah, is well, look it's like. a new
1: defense and. It's it's on one hand it's very true and we've said it many times and the coaches have said it that every team plays some three four and some four three looks and when you're in sub packages often you have four down, down linemen so even though we're called a three four now you're going to see a lot of this you know you're still going to see a lot of four three looks you're still going to see plays with four guys with their hands in the dirt and all that but that being said it is a new defense I mean we have guys specifically playing what you'd call outside linebacker. So Carl Nassib, standing up, rushing the passer, maybe dropping into coverage something. Anthony Nelson, the the rookie. Um, is this a better defense for Noah Spence? He looked good yesterday, fast off the edges. Um, and then it's supposed it's going to be more aggressive, apparently. The, you're going to get more press from the corners, which I think our fans are going to like, because there were times where when things were going badly, it was easy to point at what looked like a passive approach to defense, especially on the outside. Now, it's an easy thing to get upset about and forget that the Bucks have also used that sort of defense in a very successful way many times. And I think it can be done. Maybe it's not used, you know, the cover two as your base and as you're in all the time, as the great Buck defense was in the Super Bowl era, isn't really in vogue right now. And maybe that's, you know, so you don't see a lot of teams playing like that a lot. Uh, so when things are going badly, that's certainly was something you could point and go, man, our corners were playing 10 yards off. on on third and seven right and it's whether or not that was good football knowledge or not it certainly as a casual fan looked not great so I think our fans are going to enjoy seeing a more aggressive defense and because it's this three four with outside linebackers and even inside linebackers like Devin White and Levante David that they think can blitz I think you're just going to see a lot more aggressiveness a lot more variety a lot of different types of blitzes and I think that'll be fun to watch it's a more aggressive defense is a riskier defense, you know. that That's the difference between the philosophy of, hey, make them grind it all the way down the field, and they'll mess up at some point against let's make a big play on defense and get the ball back quickly. Sometimes that means you give up big plays.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a great point. I know we've only had a couple of days of rookie minicamp, but uh, Kevin said, does it seem like Devin White is starting to emerge as the leader that Bruce Arians expects and hopes yeah, him Yeah, I
1: don't think there's any doubt that that's going to happen. He was vocal on the field yesterday, and that was his first practice mixed in with the veterans so it really didn't mean much if he was the most vocal guy in the in the rookie camp because he's the star of that right you the first overall pick and it's all rookies so uh he was apparently vocal on the field coach arian said that afterwards and i don't think that's going to go anywhere i mean you've met him right i'm i yeah. met him he's very outgoing yes yeah and he was a leader at an early age at lsu he was a leader with guys that were a couple of years older than he was and it's just some guys are just like that right and, you yeah. know and you can be a talker people will tune you out. I mean, yeah. A, it helps to be very, very good. And right, B, yeah. what you're saying is important right. and, and how you deliver that message. Of course, he's also playing right next to Levante David, who is a team captain for years and probably will be again. And so he's got a, a, a veteran leader right next to him. It's just that Levante maybe isn't quite as vocal of a guy.
0: Right, and, yeah, and, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Frank said, who has been the most impressive so far from the football we've gotten to watch?
1: Hmm. <laughs> we've seen one practice. Right, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if he's most impressive, but I'll tell you two guys, one, one that won't be surprising. I saw several really nice plays from O.J. Howard, and, of course, it's a big interesting thing to see how well and how much Bruce Arians, who's never had tight ends like O.J. Howard and Cambray before, how much he's going to use them and how well and how much downfield. And I, I think any coach, no matter what his system is, would find a way to get O.J. Howard downfield. Saw a couple of those plays. And on the other side, as when the young guys were practicing, uh, first-year tight end Donny Ernstberger seemed like he was making a big catch downfield like every other play. So that's a kind of off the – Uh, You know a little off the off-center one for you. Yeah,
0: yeah, Uh, I like that and then
1: it was good to see Brashad Brashad Perryman getting deep and getting behind guys and getting a step on guys Um, I don't know if they completed a ton of them They completed one big one for a touchdown in seven on seven and there was another one down the middle, but He was getting separation and getting behind the defense and Jameis was reading it and throwing to him and, and Bruce Arians on one there was a deep ball straight down the middle that ended up landing in the end zone a couple feet in front of Brashad, but uh, Bruce really praised Jameis for his read on that play and his decision and said, actually, it was a pretty good throwaway. He just thinks Brashad, looking back, lost it in the, in the ceiling or oh, right. inside, and so um, it was a good decision. That's a good thing, because Jameis throwing the deep ball better is, could make a, this offense take a big step forward. Right. And then another guy, Scotty Miller, Everybody, I think there are people, and it's probably why he's available in the sixth round, that are concerned about a guy of his size, about 5'9", 80 um, how he's going to hold up in the nfl but uh, he is definitely quick yeah i mean he is really quick so
0: that's gonna be awesome uh justin said he's from, watching from kansas justin watson. it looks like <laughs> no not justin watson uh he said what three games are you looking forward to the most this season and why
1: well hmm
0: i'm trying to go back to the schedule <laughs> in my brain I know, uh, of course, the London game right yeah. off the bat is just, that's going to be cool, and especially since it is a division game, those are always exciting anyways, and then you throw it in London.
1: How about the first game back at home after those seven probably weeks yeah. away from home? I know we'll be looking forward to that <laughs> in the middle of those seven weeks. <laughs> I hope I'm looking forward to, uh, our final game is at home against Atlanta? I think so, yeah. I sure hope I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Because that would mean it's very meaningful. That's true. Uh, what else we got? At L.A.? Oh, yeah, we have, the Buccaneers have not played a game in L.A. since 1993. Wow. So that'll be neat. That's
0: really cool. I like that one. That would have been. There's some answers. There's some answers. I like that. We get Um, to go to
1: Seattle, too, don't we? Yep. Okay. well, that's always a fun trip. Yeah, that'll be
0: cool. Uh, Lewis said uh, he's watching from Guadalajara, Mexico. Mm. Is Kazan Daniels in the OTAs?
1: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's that's a great story. I I imagine he knows the story if he's asking. But, you know, Kazan's the guy that at the age of five got in an accident with a scooter and lost the sight in his right eye uh, but never stopped him from playing sports and being really good at it and he went to Charleston I think and in West Virginia Right. and he he basically didn't really let a lot of his teammates and coaches know I yeah, mean I think crazy. some of the coaches knew there was an issue but didn't really realize he was completely blind in that eye Right. and it didn't it wasn't even really well known until there was a story just a week or two before the draft um, by one of the sites CBS Sports or something and, um, and they kind of did the whole story and then everybody knew That's and, crazy. and then you know Bruce Arians said he didn't know until a week before the draft. So the, the guy is he's here and it's a great story and you know with the uncertainty about Jason Pierre-Paul, which I'm sure we would get asked about at some point anyway, it's an open question who how the those outside linebackers, how many are you going to keep, which ones are you going to keep? There's some opportunities maybe for a guy like him or the guy we signed after he tried out, David Kenny. Um, there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of jockeying for position. I think you're going to want some depth there five right. or six guys so there's an opportunity for some guys like that
0: right uh Dion said uh how is scotty miller coming along mm. and do we think he could be the next adam humphreys
1: you know it's a little too easy and i don't want to do either of them a disservice by just making that direct comparison in fact when scotty was talking the first day he met the media here during training camp, he said i think i'm really more like deshaun jackson you know a little more like that size i don't i don't think people realize how yoked up Adam Humphreys is. I mean, he is a really <laughs> yeah. solid guy. Yeah. And uh, I think just based on their 40 times, Scotty's probably faster. Right. Um, so they're not really the exact same sort of player, but you don't have to have the exact same sort of player to have some success, both in the slot, which is what everybody expects Scotty to be because of his size and quickness. But I think the Bucks actually see him as a guy that can also play on the outside and really take the top off the defense.
0: Right. That's a great point. Uh, Rob said, with all the new DBs, should anyone be concerned? I guess he means the guys that were on the roster last year at DB. Yeah, of course. So yeah, so I think
1: competition and they keep saying they want to foster as much competition as possible at every position and that right now nobody is guaranteed a starting job. So everybody should be concerned, but that's a good thing, right? You know, uh, and <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I don't think you can get enough depth at cornerback. So that may be the first time I've ever mentioned that. Um, so I, even if even, I, I look at it the other way around. I don't look at it as like, oh my gosh, now we have too many corners and right. I, I think it just means you got you got more talent to choose from there and you're gonna end up with a with a deeper crew overall. Because as our coaches, the new staff has pointed out several times, the problem, the main problem with the secondary last year was when guys got hurt and we did get a lot of guys hurt. The the experienced and ready to play depth wasn't there. So you, you gotta get more of them and coach them up.
0: Right, yeah, that's a great point. Um, I'm going to combine, like, eight questions into one here. We had a whole bunch of stuff about JPP, Gerald, Carl Nassib, Noah Spence, all this stuff. So, overall, let's just take a look at the defensive line, at what we know as of now, what we don't know, okay. what that could end up looking like, and, and what this offseason will need to tell us about that.
1: Well, there's two different questions, really, because Joe McCoy is really – separate from the other people that were mentioned there. He's more, in this defense, a down lineman, he'd probably be a perfect 3-4 defensive end. Um, and it wouldn't be a whole lot different than what he's used to doing. And as he said, which I think is accurate, he can play in any defense. Um, but still, as you can see on our roster, if you go to the website now, where finally the positions that correspond to what these guys would play in this defense have been have been added. So like if you saw a guy named Joe McCoy, next to his name in previous years, it always said DT for defensive tackle. Right now it says DL. Uh, Di- will Golston who's been known as a defensive end it just says DL but that's because he's one of the bigger front seven guys who will be having his hand in the dirt so right. when, you, when you're in your base 3-4 you get you basically have a nose and two, three, four defensive ends and those are bigger guys that might be called defensive tackles in a lot of defenses right so you got guys like I think you have decent depth there obviously can't ignore the fact that there's some uncertainty about the future of Gerald McCoy and he's not here now and and all that coach is saying about that now which is what every coach would do in this situation is hey i'm going to talk about the guys that are here right okay so um if and when gerald's here then he becomes more of the conversation but right now who's here that plays those down linemen it's primarily your first round pick from last year vita vea who coach says can play all over the interior line but also does seem to be an extremely perfect fit as a nose tackle in a three four then you got guys like will Bo Allen, right. uh, and some younger guys or guys that really haven't had a shot yet. Like, Don't forget, we still have Stevie Tui-Colovato on this team. Uh, there's a bunch of other guys. Uh, Raheem nunez Rochez who played last year. Nacho is what they call him. Right. Um, so you got those guys. And I think there's still a lot of depth, at least by numbers. We'll have to sort out which guys are really rise to the top there. And then you got your outside linebackers, which is what Jason Pierre-Paul and Carl Nassib and the others that you were saying there, right. they comprise. And... Uh, those guys have to be a little bit more versatile. Like an Anthony Nelson, the rookie, can stand up and rush off the edge, or he can put his hand on the ground when you're in sub packages in a four-man line or maybe even play, get some snaps in, as a 3-4 defensive end a little farther inside. So they think he can do a lot of different things. They're just going to find right. out what he does best. Okay. So it's there's a lot to be sorted out there because it's a new defense with some new assignments, and they're just getting their first looks at which guys are, are really good at which – Responsibilities Like, maybe Noah Spence happens to be really, really good at standing up and rushing off the edge in a 3-4 front. And right. so when you're in snaps like that, he gets to play more. When you're in more of a 4-3 look, then he doesn't. You okay. know? So we'll find out. But there's a lot of depth. I don't think we're lacking for depth. But it, it's fair to say that there's not a lot of proven depth yet. Because if you look at it and you go, who amongst all these guys, is going to give you five to seven sacks? Who's going to give you ten sacks? I mean, if Jason Pierre-Paul is not in the picture for some amount of time because of his neck injury, that was your ten-sack guy. Uh, is it Carl Nassib? I mean, he would seem like the main one. Maybe Noah Spence emerges. May- what does Anthony Nelson give you? Does, is Vita Vea pass-rushing presence in the middle? A lot of questions still to be answered, and maybe it just ends up being – you get a decent pass rush out of a bunch of guys getting five or six sacks. Right. Plus some sacks from your linebackers when they're blitzing, your your safeties when they're blitzing and things like that. So there's a lot to be sorted through there. That is very true.
0: All right, well, thanks so much for joining us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Light and we'll see you next time.